Okay, everybody, how you doing? And welcome to episode number 86 of the John Riley Project. Man, we have a great guest here today, none other than Mr. David Leland. How you doing, David? I'm doing great. Having a good Saturday. Saturday, it's a sports day, and man, there's been a lot of sports news here in San Diego, and I know you've, you've been kind of anxious to share your thoughts, and you always have great insight onto local San Diego sports. We're talking pro sports, college sports, I mean, everything. So love having you here. Thanks for coming, Dave. Thanks for having me. So, um, you know, there's been a lot of news. I mean, heck, where do you want to start? Are we there's so many places we can go? I guess we got to start with the Padres' new manager, Jace Tingler. Okay. And this is not a popular hire by some folks on Padre Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, there's been a lot of complaining. I mean, so what's your take on this whole thing? Well, first of all, I just want to say the Andy Green 2.0 takes are honestly pretty ridiculous. What do they have in common other than the fact that they're short and neither's managed at the Emily <laughs> level? Other than those two things, what do they have in common? Yeah, like virtually, yeah, they're very, very little. Let's take a look at Jace Tingler's background here. Mm-hmm. He's bilingual. Andy Green was not. He has front office experience. Andy Green didn't. He's worked with a lot of young Latin players. He's actually managing in the Dominican Winter Leagues right now, mm-hmm. as we speak. Right on. And then isn't um, Josh Naylor is on his team, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah, cool. Another thing about Tingler is he's supposedly this big analytics guy, and Andy Green, with his lineups and bullpen decisions, they didn't make sense. And all you'd have to do to find out what would have made sense is go on Baseball Reference, which you or I could do. Right. And Andy Green did did the opposite of that. <laughs> okay, so if we have a legit analytics guy, then maybe we can see some big differences. I mean, so they say. I mean, we don't know any. We You, you can see all these guys like Keith Law loves him, Jeff Passan loves him, Jim Callis loves him. All these baseball writers say that he was such a good hire for the Padres. But in reality, nobody knows until we actually see him manage a couple of games, which is why on the opposite side, you can't automatically write him off and say he's terrible already. Well, yeah, we don't know him. You know, I, I think we got to know him. how he's going to manage a bullpen. Right. They say he's got great connection with the players. That's nice to hear. But until he actually gets in that clubhouse, we won't know. Mm-hmm. We won't know. Like I said, we don't. We won't know how he writes a lineup, how he manages a bullpen, how long he'll let starters go. We don't know any of that yet. So it's, we're in kind of way in C mode, but kind of promising to me. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm very anxious to to see how he does because, um, he, you know, Andy Green was so frustrating. I mean, we talked about that, you know. So it's great yeah. to turn the page, try a different approach. He's very aligned with AJ Preller, right? And absolutely. And Preller and Green had their disagreements on philosophy, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean, how how did you see those two as different? What were the main differences between Green and Tingler? No, between Green and Preller. Like, why? How how did they not see eye to eye? In your opinion. I feel like Preller put one team on the field and Green managed it a different way. I kind of feel the same way I felt the Chargers last couple of years here when I was a Charger fan. I felt like Tom Telesco put one team on the field and Mike McCoy coached it a different way. I feel like that was kind of the same thing with Preller and Green. Yeah, I mean, you got to get those two aligned, right? Yeah. You know, to really maximize the, the short term and the long term. And hats off to A.J. Preller because we all know that his job's probably on the line if they don't win in 2020. So hats off to Preller for... Putting his toes on the line with his guy. Yeah, so it's like believing in yourself, right? He 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 made the decision that he knew was right rather than compromising and doing what everyone wanted him to do. And I, I think that's great. That shows great leadership. Yeah, absolutely. And mm-hmm. it sounds like he was able to sell ownership on Tingler when ownership won Ron Washington, which I would have liked Ron Washington too. Mm-hmm. 
So great. So um, yeah, I think again we're we're just learning about Tingler, you know. And and I know it's funny. I was thinking Tingler. Remember remember the old Aztec basketball coach Fred Trenkel? You know, it's kind of similar in the sounding. I think it was names. a little before my time. And that was back in the that was before Fisher. I think in the nineties. So um, so what else? What else do you have on Tingler? What are your other thoughts on him? Uh, what's interesting to me is that he was. In a bunch of different roles with Texas, most recently he was player development coordinator. Mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what exactly that role does, but I mean, Joey Gallo had a breakout season this year. He went from, you know, just a strikeout home or a walk guy to a complete player this year. So does Jay Stingler get any credit for that? I'd say he might. Well, player development is all about coaching and, and well, development, right? Yeah. And, and I remember reading an article and they said that um, – you know, Tingler, when he was a player, was a- amazing at on-base percentage. I mean, he was just great at getting on base. And that was something that Green could never convince some of the free swingers on the Padres to really do. No, not at all. Another thing that's interesting about Tingler is the fact that he is a player development guy, which makes the complaining on Twitter interesting, because you see all these guys like, how do we have all these prospects? They don't come up and succeed like they're supposed to. And the Dodgers bring anybody up and they hit. So we hire <laughs> a player development guy and they still complain. Right. It's like you're never going to please them. No, no, not at all. But, you know, as a longtime San Diego fans, we're bitter, we're jaded, we're, we've been burned so many times. So I understand why they're complainers, but I, I keep hoping that the Padres have finally figured out the secret sauce. So maybe Tingler is going to be part of that. Yeah, and um, Jace Tingler, when they signed Ian Desmond and moved him to the outfield— Tingler was on the coaching staff then, and I saw something about how Tingler was helping Desmond with his outfield work. Mm-hmm. And Desmond actually became a respectable outfielder in Texas defensively right. after being a shortstop his whole career with Washington. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't really have anything to do with his managing ability. Just kind of a funny story. Supposedly, he told Desmond to not look off into the stands because he was married. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good one. Yeah, right on. little humor in there. Yeah. Good. Um, so, when are they going to have a press conference? Maybe they're waiting for after the World yeah, Series. Yeah, after the World Series. Yeah. But what uniform are they going to do for the press conference? We're switching uniforms. That's a great question. <laughs> I mean, they, are they going to have like a generic, like uh, kind of, well, actually the current uniforms, the white and blue ones are generic. So, I wonder what they're going to do. I mean, the best way to compromise is just put them in the Friday Browns, right? Actually, right. That would make sense. That would be the best way to compromise. That would make most sense. Because he'll be at the press conference at the table, probably wearing a suit and tie, and then they'll do the obligatory put the jersey over the dress shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Just just do a Friday brown. It's a brown jersey doesn't give away the... And so what, now, so the date for the the um, uniform announcement is when November ninth. November ninth, two weeks from today, and they're going to unveil the the homes, the the road uniforms, the alternatives. So here's Nona. Nona's visiting, uh, so they're going to unveil the whole package, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. I mean, I just as a marketing guy, I really appreciate branding. Um, differentiation. Uh, so it's going to be terrific for the Padres. Really looking forward to this whole bring back the brown. It's going to be back for good. Yeah, we got the hat here, so all mm-hmm. good. Um, all right, so what do you think is going to happen with the coaching staff? Sounds like they're going to make some changes to the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I heard Loretta for bench coach, maybe. Right. Which would be interesting because I kind of like the idea of him as manager, too. Yeah. And he's very well thought of. And he, how long has he been in the Padres front office? Like 10 years? Well, he's been with the Cubs bench coach the last couple of years. Yeah, but before that, he was... Um, with, Many years. Yeah. With Preller and maybe even with the previous GMs, right? With Josh Burns, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he was there with um, Jed Hoyer, but I know he was with Josh Burns. Yeah, so he's a very well-respected guy and very, very likable. Um, I'm sure gets a lot of... 
You know, he has a lot of street cred in front of the other players. I mean, he's the last guy to win a silver slugger for us. <laughs> wow, that says something. So um, do you think they're going to keep Balsley? Sounds kind of iffy to me. I heard they might go get uh, Brian Price, the former Reds manager. Mm-hmm. And he, as as Cincinnati's manager, he was pretty terrible. But prior to being the manager, he was promoted from pitching coach. And when he was Cincinnati's pitching coach, you know, Chapman became an all-star closer. Johnny Cueto became an ace. Mm-hmm. Homer Bailey somehow managed to be good enough to trick the front office and give him that horrible extension. Right. That's a bad name for a pitcher, Homer Bailey. (laughs) So anyways, as a manager, he was a disaster. But Price Mm -hmm. has some he has some quality traits to him as a pitching coach. So that'd be interesting. Mm -hmm. I believe he's with Boston right now as some kind of special assistant. I could be wrong about that. Mm -hmm. Good. So I think Hoffman sticks around. It's inter- it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I personally hope they let Tingler just bring in his whole staff. And if he wants to keep, you know, Schumacher or Ballsley or Hoffman, then, you know, that's cool. But I think Tingler should have control over his staff. Yeah, agreed. I mean, he's got to bring in his own guys. And I think if we're trying to create a culture change in the dugout, in Which the clubhouse, then you got to bring in new leadership. At least some new coaches. They can't have Tingler with all the same coaches, but they got to bring in some at least a couple new coaches. I would just overhaul the whole coaching staff. I agree. I, I think you have to hit the reset button. I mean, we love Balsley, um, but sometimes we need a fresh approach maybe or just... Yeah, and Balsley seems kind of like an old school pitching coach. Right. And if Tingler's really this big analytic guy, then those philosophies probably don't mesh. Right. Wow. Um, so, uh, yeah, apparently a lot of the other players that were interviewed about Tingler, they all, you know, were very positive on him. You know, those that have known of him in Texas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, Cole Hamels, Adrian Beltre, Elvis Andrews, all the good things to say about him. Right. And so... Um, so what do you think? I mean, what about Ron Washington? You know, what, what do you think was the reason that they didn't go for the established, experienced guy? Well, I think Preller just sold ownership. Hey, Tingler's my guy and really, really convinced him. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. Because the reports were that, you know, in the beginning, remember, it was Washington and Tingler. Fowler was leaning for Washington, um, you know, Preller for Tingler. And then Preller won the argument. Yeah. But, uh, you know. Fowler said heads will roll. So, you know, this is, we said, Preller taking a very big risk here, doing what he believes. And if it doesn't work out, you'll, he'll be on the street. But if it does work out, he'll be looked upon like a hero. Yeah. You know, so nowhere really to go but up, right? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, what else you got on, on Tingler? Any other thoughts on him? Just wait and see and see if he's a good manager. Um, his background's prog- promising, so I think he's going to be good, but we don't know. And if you don't like him, give him a chance. So if you were in Preller's position, just based on who you know and the other managers are available, would you have maybe chosen um, one of the other guys, uh, like Walter or were some of those other names that were mentioned in the hat? Would any of those have been to your liking? Uh, I'm not quite sure because mm-hmm. I don't know like what each manager is really about. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like Buck Showalter, but is he too old school for this bunch? I don't know. Girardi, I've talked. I don't know if I've talked about this before, but the reason he was pushed out of New York was he didn't work well with their young players, and we mm-hmm. got one of the youngest rosters in baseball. So I was never for Girardi coming here. Right. So I think we just got to give Preller the benefit of the doubt and let's hope it works out, right? I mean, he's gone if it doesn't work. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think some of the complainers on Twitter would love to see that, too. <laughs> yeah. 
And then they'd complain about the new GM. Yeah, of course they would. You know, so it's just it's the San Diego sports curse. We can't escape it. So you got your fight for San Diego shirt on, right? So mm-hmm. we talking Aztec football today at all? Yeah. All right. I want to talk about first those Aztec basketball. Uh, basketball's getting we, going. I've been I've been watching NBA games. I'm getting excited about basketball. How about Kauai? Oh yeah, unbelievable! You know he, uh, you know the the Clipper Laker game like a couple of days ago. Yeah, fantastic. He yeah. held LeBron under forty percent shooting. How about that? Yeah, I mean, Kawhi Leonard is such a special guy. I mean, I just love his work ethic. I mean, the guy you know didn't really have much of a jump shot in college, and now he's deadly. Uh, so what a great success story! Yeah, yeah, I love the guy. But when I see him playing the NBA, I'm like, damn, Kawhi, you didn't have that when you were here at San Diego State. No, but he worked his ass off, you know, and, and I give him huge credit for that. So he, and he believed in himself, right? He knew he had the goods, and he just had to keep working at it. And now he's in a very special spot. He could always play great defense and rebound well. Yeah, well, that's how he was uh, brought up through uh, the Aztec program. Mm-hmm. So, what do you think the team's looking like this year? What are your thoughts? I like the team. We got a bunch of transfers coming. I mean, Watson's gone, McDaniel's is gone, Hemsley's mm-hmm. gone, but we got a bunch of transfers coming in. The projections have a second behind Utah State, who's ranked number seventeen in the nation, by the way. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, they're a pretty good team. Nevada's done though. They lost everything. Their whole starting lineup graduated. Musselman took off to Arkansas. Mm-hmm. The, Nevada lost everything. They're done. Right. They have that one player. What's his name? Jazz something, you know, with the longer hair. He'll still be a good shooter. But yeah, Nevada is going to be way Martin down. Martin twins are gone. Caroline's gone. Mm-hmm. They lost everything, basically. Basically, yeah. As for us, I mean, we got Malachi Flynn and KJ Feagan, the transfer guards. Mm-hmm. Flynn from Washington State. Feagan from Santa Clara. Right. Flynn, 15.8 points a game, four assists a game, three rebounds, and a steal and a half per game when he last played, which was with Washington State, 17-18. Right. And then Fegan, again, 17-18, last time he really played with Santa Clara. 17 and a half points a game, four assists a game. Yeah, the backcourt's going to be so great. And I, and we went up to um, Cal State Fullerton a couple of years ago in that Wooden Classic mm-hmm. when Washington State uh, played the Aztecs. And I think... Washington State beat them. They did in the championship game. And Flynn was terrific. You know, he I was. Remember, he, yeah, he torched us. Yeah, he did. And, and so, now he's uh, now we got him. Yeah, you can't beat him. Join him. You know that kind of thing. So you know he's going to be an Aztec. I think it's going to be great. And I, they're projecting he's going to probably be the newcomer of the year in the Mountain West, right? Oh, he has to be a favor for it <laughs> at the very least. Yeah. So love having not only a, a, an upgraded backcourt, but we're not putting. You know, we're really putting the 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 the. Um, you know, the steering wheel in the hands of experienced guys. Absolutely. You know, so these are upper And Dutch class talks about having experienced backcourt, and that's how you win in college basketball in the NBA, and he's absolutely right. Yeah, exactly. So this is going to be terrific. Yeah. Another guy we can't forget about, another guard transfer, Trey Pulliam from Navarro Community College in Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, he had 12.7 points a game, 5.3 assists a game, 3.5 rebounds a game. We're going to have two years of him, too, transferring from Navarro Community College in Texas. Right on. So terrific! So this our backcourt's going to be fantastic. And we also got a six ten transfer from Vanderbilt, Yanni Wetzel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I almost forgot about him until I was when I was doing the research for this last night. I almost forgot about him. I was thinking about the guards, and then I'm like, oh yeah, we got him too. He okay. only played eighteen and a half minutes a game last year at Vanderbilt, but he had six points a game, almost four rebounds a game. You know, half a block a game, half a steal a game, and only eight and a, eighteen and a half minutes a game. 
you know, if and that's an SEC competition, you know, in the Mountain West, he can probably play. Absolutely. You so, know, get a block or two a game, you know, get seven, eight rebounds, score 10 points if he starts or plays significant minutes. So are they thinking he's going to be a backup to Mensa at the five or is he going to play the four? I would think that we play three guards and have Mitchell and Mensa a lot of the time. So Wetzel comes off the bench. Yeah. Because yeah. we got all these guards that I mentioned. Right. Okay, so maybe, yeah, maybe Wenzel spells uh, Mensa at the five. And we still got Jordan Shackle, too, so we got a lot of guards. So probably going to go three guards a lot of the time. Right on. Okay, good. Um, so what else do we got? Who who was the um, the player that I saw in, in the in the alumni game that was just blowing everyone away with these spectacular dunks? Is that Pulliam? I'm not sure which who that was. I didn't see that, so I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. Yeah, but apparently one of the I think he's one of the maybe the freshman that's coming in. Maybe his last name is Johnson. I can't recall, but apparently he's spectacular and has great athleticism. Oh yeah, now I know who you're talking yeah. about. That's the only freshman we got this year, so I don't know how much he'll play because he's like literally the only freshman that we have. But they say he's unbelievably talented, but raw. And um, apparently the, the scouts came and they were looking at some of our other players and they saw him and they're like, who the heck is this guy? So he could be special. All right. Yeah. I mean, we got all these experienced guards. So, you know, let him develop this year. We don't need to push him out there. Let him develop. And then right. when we lose F- Flynn and Fegan after the year, he takes over for him. Right on. And got some new assistant coaches on the team. So um, it's going to be a new look Aztecs. I'm excited for it. I am too. And so when's the season starting? We got Wednesday, we got UC San Diego exhibition game at Viejas. Right, that's my alma mater. So, um, you know, apparently this is their last year in D2, and they're going to be competitive for the national championship at the Division II level. So this will be an exhibition against the Aztecs, won't count. Um, I'm looking forward to the Tritons in D1 next year. It's going to be great. That should be cool. Have another D1 college here in San Diego. So we'll have three of them. That'll be great. So then now my allegiances might start to shift a little bit, because when I graduated from UCSD a million years ago, I adopted the Aztecs as my D1 program. So now I'm going to have to have, you know, twin programs to follow. I mean, do we, are they ever going to play each other besides like exhibitions? Um, I don't know. You know, maybe it might turn into a non-conference game. Uh, UCSD will be in the Big West, you know, so they'll be playing against, you know, Long Beach and Santa Barbara and all those other schools. So we'll see. You know, I think it's going to be exciting. And then season opener for the Aztecs. November 5th, Texas Southern at Viejas. Okay, right on. Okay, so that's they're in like the Southwest Conference. Or I think something. they're Southwest Athletic Conference. Yeah, the SWAC. Yeah. Uh, okay, all right, right on. Okay, so, um, and then the big test will be on Thanksgiving, right, when they play in Vegas. Yeah, if they beat Cray in the first game, they'll probably play Texas Tech, who played for the national championship last year. Right on. Yeah, so uh, I, I took my two kids a couple of years ago uh, to uh, to Vegas when they played in that tournament, and it was awesome. They played, uh, they beat Cal, and they lost to West Virginia. Uh, but we had a fun time there, and there's tons of seats available if you want to go out to, to Vegas to go see those games. Oh, I'm sure it is. I mean, how many people are in Vegas for Thanksgiving? Yeah, not many. But uh, it worked out really well for us, and uh, we had a great time, and it's a good excuse for a road trip, right? Always. Yeah. So super. So um, so that's going to start next Wednesday. So... I, I don't I don't get season tickets. I usually kind of cherry pick games, but maybe that might be a good excuse for a Wednesday night just to roll down there and just see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it'd be easy to get a seat, you know, no problem for an exhibition game. Absolutely. Yeah, right on. Okay, so I, I'm excited. You know, people were talking about, you know, um, the NFL and how people are bitter about the NFL. And I was thinking, 
football, at least at the professional level, I'm not as interested in it nearly as much. And the fact that baseball and basketball, the seasons overlap, it's almost like you could go year round with those two sports. Definitely could. I think that made it a lot easier for people to, you know, boycott the NFL when they took the Chargers from us. Around exactly. Here. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I, I essentially have boycotted the NFL. I just follow it very peripherally. So um, anyways, yeah, Aztec basketball is going to be terrific. I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, right on. Aztec football's chugging along nice, too. Yeah. Six no. and one. Yeah. Got a very winnable game at UNLV tonight. Right on. And so, uh, and and we had the Aztec, you know, pre season preview, and you you predicted they were going to have a really good year, and we went down the schedule one by one. I mean, I, we should go back and check our notes, but you got to be pretty darn close to right on the money. I had us losing to Utah State, and I thought that maybe we lose a non conference game, which I don't see at this point. Now that we won our first three, and BYU is so inconsistent, mm-hmm. and we'll get them at. Qualcomm or SDCCU now. Yeah. I still call it Qualcomm. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I predicted us losing a close one to Utah State, unfortunately, but team's actually a little bit better than I thought even. Yeah. Yeah. Defense we, is amazing. You know, they're top 10 in not just the Mount West, the entire FBS. Yeah. In a lot of defensive categories. And I think, who's the outstanding linebacker? Tazino. Uh, so do you think that kid's going to be playing on Sundays. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th- I think I... Did I read he might be like a first rounder or a second rounder? He might be. Who knows? I think I heard that he would be if he wasn't undersized for a middle linebacker. Ah. Uh, well, you know, um, I went to the um, the Wyoming game with one of my buddies here in town a couple of weeks ago. We had a great time, and Aztecs, you know, got down early and came back and won that game. That was a really fun time. Think about this Aztec football team, and this they've always been this way in Rocky Long, especially the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. They're the complete reverse of what we saw from the Chargers the last couple of years here. Remember when <laughs> we were Charger fans and when they were in San Diego, and we just always thought they'd find a way to screw it up, choke? Right. It's the, it's the opposite of the Aztec football. Even if it's like a close game, they're losing. It's like, oh, they'll find a way to win. Mm-hmm. They find ways to win, right? Well, which that is go- great. That goes to their coaching staff, right? And Rocky I, Long's fantastic. Yeah. Great to have Brady Hoke back as the D-line coach and assistant head coach. Yeah. Yeah. And and the Chargers, they still find ways to choke, right? <laughs> I saw the highlights. They were doing that goal line stand and they couldn't punch it in and then they ended up losing. That was hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. It's, I can get into them a little bit. Um, okay. You see you saw that Steeler fans took over. Did you see that? Oh yeah. The Steeler invasion on the Sunday night game they had against Pittsburgh. That yeah. was hilarious. They lost to a third string quarterback. It's just I mean, it's gotta be it's such an embarrassment, really, for that program. The city of LA is just really shunning them. They don't care. Um, Spanos kind of makes you wonder what he's really thinking about. It really does. And the thing with you said about L.A. is there's no way that L.A. was ever going to embrace that team. And I have no idea why he ever thought it would have been a good idea to put that $650 million into a relocation fee instead of a new stadium in San Diego. Because there was no way L.A. was ever going to embrace that team. Not only did they flat out warn them, we will not accept you. If you just think logically about it, there was no way because either Ram fans holding over and hoping they came back from St. Louis, which they did. Mm-hmm. You got still holdover Raider fans from, you know, the Bo Jackson, mm-hmm. you know, Marcus Allen era teams. You got tons of transplants that are from, that are like, hey, I'm from Philly. I'm from New York. I'm from Boston. I'm an Eagles, Giants, Jets, Patriots fan. I don't care if you come or not. I'm not going to support you either way. Right. Uh, it's just unbelievable. And... Uh 
yeah, I, I, I'm really interested to see what ends up happening because they, they're not filling the um, the seat license uh, promise with uh, Cranky in that new stadium. So no. th- apparently there's a little bit of a friction between the two owners. Did you hear that St. Louis rumor that got thrown out? No, tell me about it. So I saw a tweet that were saying there was a rumor that the NFL basically offered the Chargers to St. Louis. Now, I don't know how true that rumor is, but it makes sense because if you didn't know this, St. Louis is in a lawsuit against the Rams and the NFL seeking financial damages for mm-hmm. the Rams going back to L.A. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. You know, the Chargers are failing in L.A. You know, they're not selling personal seat licenses. They have no fans. You know, I'm sure Spanos isn't making any money in a soccer stadium. Right. I mean, he's losing 30,000 fans at least that he would have had in San Diego, which comes with parking and beers and hot dogs inside the stadium. Right. And so it would make sense if the NFL offered them up to St. Louis. It was just like, hey, we're going to give you a team now. Shut up and drop the lawsuit. Yeah. So that'd be a good negotiated outcome, maybe a win-win. And it would save face for Spanos. It might be a win-win-win if you consider us into the factor. Because let's say they go to St. Louis. They might want to rebrand if they go to St. Louis, right? Ah, so they might be, yeah, yeah, right. They could St. Be. Louis Stallions, I mean, yeah. I don't know if you knew this, you probably didn't, but before Robert Kraft bought the Patriots in the mid-90s, mm-hmm. they were going to go to St. Louis and be renamed the Stallions after the Cardinals went from St. Louis to Arizona. Ah, I didn't know that. Okay. So the Stallions brand is already there. It seems like St. Louisians would embrace that a lot more than somebody else's reject for the third time. So then maybe kind of like with the Browns, right? Maybe San Diego could retain the Charger, you know, Absolutely. logo. And then if we ever get an expansion team, there you I, go. You just took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth. I was just about to say, if this happens, then yeah. that leaves the Charger name and branding open for a future expansion if that ever happens. Mm-hmm. But even if... Let's say they go to St. Louis, become the Stallions. Let's say we never get expansion back. At least we have the name back, and we can say we we are San Diego Charger fans without right. being associated with L.A. at all. Like A Seattleite can say, I'm a Sonics fan, and not be associated with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Right. Yeah, it's it's a lot. So many different scenarios, and I, those those rumors. There's you know there's a little bit of credibility to that. It makes sense. Yeah. Um. But you know what's true? What's really happening behind closed doors? Who knows? We have no idea. No idea. Roger Goodell is going to continue to deny and continue to say he can work in L.A. because he's stubborn. Yeah. And it was him that allowed Spanos to go to L.A. in the first place, so he can't publicly bash it anyways. But it's damaging the NFL brand. When, There's no question. And so when the Chargers are on national TV and they're being mocked and there's you know 10% of the people in the stands are for the home team, it just is a bad look. Al Michaels you. calling it a cute stadium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And saying, and noting that there's like 85% Steeler fans. Yeah. I mean, just the whole thing. I mean, I, I didn't watch the game. I just saw like, you know, the, the highlights and, you know, some of the clips they shared. And it just as a bitter former Charger fan, it was just delicious. It's delicious to see them <laughs> choke and continue to underachieve. They get all this hype from the media before the season about being a Super Bowl contender. And now they're two and five and finding ways to choke every week against, honestly, bad teams. So what do you think happens to Rivers? I mean, does he? How many years is left on his contract? He's a free agent after the year, and he has not been extended yet. And personally, I seriously hope he retires, for, th- not th- only for his own good, yeah, but so that all these people can be like, "Oh, well, Rivers is still a Charger, so I still got a root for him," so that those people can go away and stop supporting Spanos. But do you think Rivers has enough in the tank to maybe be a free agent, sign somewhere on a one or a two year deal with another team? I mean, I'm sure he has enough in the tank to do it, but I'm 
But I mean, does he really want to relocate his wife and his nine kids? Nine? Oh my god! I mean, he's made a lot of money. He's you know he's made a lot of money in yeah. in the game. You know he's got a family down here that he can still commute back and forth to, even in L.A., Orange County, wherever they practice. Mm-hmm. So I don't see him uprooting his family to go, you know, like Tennessee, you know, or something like that. Yeah, well, it depends how much money is put like, on the well, table, though. You know, I mean, he's made enough, made a lot, but he could always make more. He's made a lot of money. My thing is, he's made a ton of money in this game, and if he has the right investment people and financial guys, then he should be fine. He oh, sh- of course. He should never have to play another year and have enough money to support his family forever. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, he's if you go on that basis, he's probably been fine f- for a long time. So, yeah, right on. So, um, last that's interesting, the last year of his contract. So, the offseason will be interesting. Yeah, anyways, back to the Aztec uh, football. We should be favored in all our remaining games. You got UNLV, who's two and five, zero and three in the Mountain West. They got one of the worst defenses in the country, mm-hmm. and our defense is good enough to shut any offense down. So if we can, you know, even though we're not exactly a scoring machine, you know, if we can, we can probably put up twenty seven, twenty eight on them. That should be enough. Nevada, they're four and three, uh, one and two in the Mountain West. They're at Wyoming today. Mm-hmm. Fresno State, they're a completely new team. They're three and three, one and one Mountain West at Colorado State. By the way, Nevada and Fresno State are home games. Mm-hmm. At Hawaii, that, that's probably our toughest game left. They're four and three, one and two in the Mountain West. Probably gonna make it five and three, two and two because they're at New Mexico today. Mm-hmm. Their defense is awful. They've allowed fifty or more points two weeks in a row. Oh yeah, and they try to spread it out and throw, and you know our defense can stop that. And if their defense is horrible, even we could score thirty points on them, which we ain't losing if we get to thirty points. That's right. And then, you know, BYU to end the season. You never know what you're going to get with them, but it's a team we should beat, I think. So tonight's game is at UNLV, and you know what time it starts? 7.30. 7.30. CBSSN. Okay, so it's on, like, the regular cable channel. Then, yeah, right? you don't have to watch a Facebook live stream that crashes <laughs> with five minutes left in the game. I, I was watching that, and, yeah, that was ridiculous. I will give credit, though, to those stadium people, you know, that run that Facebook stream, and they try to be interactive with the audience, and oh, they I run polls, it. and they have the sideline reporter. It that, was cool. Yeah, that talks to the fans and makes it interactive. That's great. It's just, it, they say they're working out the bugs in the system. Yeah. But I was actually reading an article about the, the game tonight, and it was interesting that, I guess, where they the stadium where they play now in Vegas, it's going to go away because the the um, UNLV will play in the new Raiders stadium. Yes, that's correct. That, good for them, you know. So if we don't, unless we play in the Vegas Bowl, we're saying goodbye to old Sam Boyd tonight. Yeah, and that that place is. Uh, you ever um, been there? N- no, I've driven by it. Um, it looks like a big high school stadium, essentially. You know. Yeah, so good for UNLV. They get to play in an NFL stadium next year. Yeah, well, hopefully it won't be as cavernous as, you know, sometimes what we experience. Yeah, well, it's going to be new. It's going to be nice and new. And yeah. I suppose SECCU's run down, 50-plus years old. Right. So hopefully they'll be able to fill up the bottom bowl, you know, and that's They stadium. should be able to, yeah. And it's right across the street from the, from the Strip, so they'll hopefully get a lot of uh, sports fans you know that are that are gambling and then kind of go on the other side of the river, uh, on the other side of the freeway, and and see the game. I know they'll be like, "All right, I'm going to place a bet on this game. I'm going to take UNLV, you know, plus six. Oh, sweet! I can go across the street. I'm going to get a ticket and go watch it. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of great. <laughs> see my bet play out live. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. 
Okay, good. So 7.30 tonight. So I'm looking forward to that. Is Juwan Washington healthy? I believe he is now, yeah. Okay. So he he didn't quite get to 100 yards in the last game, did he? No, he came a little short. Yeah, so if we can get back, him back up to like 100 yards plus, then you know we, we can maybe have a, a nice run through the remainder of the season and maybe get into a bit of a marquee bowl, right? Yeah, that's the next thing I was going to talk about. We got the um, New Year's Six. We're going to need some help for that. First of all, it's going to require us winning all our remaining games, which we should which we should be favored to do so. Mm-hmm. Then the Mountain West Championship against Boise State or Utah State, they're going to play each other, and the winner of that probably wins the Mountain Division. Mm-hmm. I mean, we can do that. I mean, we, we could have beat Utah State easily. We had that pick six that changed the whole game, but we came back in the fourth quarter made it close. You know, we can beat them. They're mm-hmm. a good team, but we can beat them. Right. So I, I think we can easily win out, including the Mountain West Championship, to get there. But we're going to need some help, even if we do so. There's three teams, three group of five teams that are ranked. We're currently not ranked. We are essentially 28th because we have the third most votes among mm-hmm. non-ranked teams. Right. So the three teams that are in the group of five that are ranked ahead of us, you got SMU's number 16. They're at Memphis, which is actually a pretty tough game next week because they played Thursday against Houston. Okay. So next week they're at Memphis. That's a tough game. Mm-hmm. Memphis is 26. They basically have the most votes if you're not ranked. Right. They got versus Carolina. I mean, they'll win that. At Navy. You know, Navy's tough. And, you know, they got that tricky offense, and they're always tough. Right. And then they mm-hmm. got versus Tulane, which I don't see them losing. But, hey, you never know. I mean, Houston's not very good, and they almost lost to them last night, or mm-hmm. Thursday night, rather. Mm-hmm. And then you got number 18, uh, Cincinnati. They're at East Carolina today. They should win that. They host UConn. They'll win that. At South Florida, they'll win that. Versus Temple. Hey, that's tough, man. Temple's good. Really? Yeah. They're like 6-2, and two, I believe. Okay. And then they got at Memphis again. That's tough. Okay. And then Appalachian State's number 21 out in the Sun Belt. They, are, they were creaming South Alabama last I saw. That game's going on right now. It might even be over. Um, they got Georgia Southern. They'll win that. At South Carolina, South Carolina's only 3-4, and four, but that's an SEC team. Yeah. They beat Georgia in Athens. Yeah. And they played Florida close and probably should have won. They got screwed by the refs against Florida. Mm-hmm. So that'll be a tough game for Appalachian State. Georgia State's 5-2. and two. That's not going to be easy for them, especially because it's at Georgia State. And they got Texas State and Troy, who they'll win those two games. But So those are the three teams you need to root against, right? But, Appalachian State, Cincinnati, and SMU. Correct. Okay, so we want them to lose. Correct. Because right now they're undefeated. If they lose a game, then they're on par with the Aztecs. And then maybe if all three of them lose a game, then maybe we can sneak into a New Year's Bowl game. Absolutely. The thing about SMU and Cincinnati is they're in the American Conference. Mm -hmm. So even if they're on a collision course towards each other, they're going to meet in the American Championship game. One of them has to lose. That's right. Yeah. And Memphis, you know, you can throw Memphis into that conversation, you know, if they went out. But if Memphis is in that conversation, they're not ranked yet. And they're pretty much in the on par with us. Mm-hmm. So if they lose somewhere else in there and then beat one of these teams, that'll knock. That would probably knock um, SMU out of the American Championship game. And we could be ahead of Memphis and have them knock SMU out of the American Championship game, and then they beat Cincinnati, whether that's in the regular season finale or in the American Championship game. Mm-hmm. And Appalachian State, I mean, 
that's I mean you can say all you want about their record, but they're a Sun Belt team playing an SEC team. Well, whenever I, whenever I hear of Appalachian State, I always think of when they beat Michigan, right? And first that, FCS team to ever beat a ranked um, FBS team. Yeah, and now they're an FBS team, so good for yeah, them. Yeah, Moving yeah, on up, exactly. So okay, so they were. Okay, I always get FBS and FCS and all this. Were they like a Division One AA, like yes. USD? Yes. Okay, and then that's when they beat Michigan. Yes. They were never Division Two. No. Okay. All right, so um, now they went up to the, like, we'll just say the major leagues of Division One. And so what conference is Appalachian State in? Sun Belt. <laughs> it does, they're not in the Sun Belt, like, on the map, but they're in the Sun Belt Conference. Yeah. Right? Okay, because they're in the mountains. It's kind of funny. How they, it's, it's like back in the day when the Atlanta Braves were in the NL West, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes these conference names don't make sense. Um, okay, so this is good because I was always wondering that. I mean, obviously rooting for the Aztecs, but who do I need to, like, check the scoreboard and, and, and root against? You're going to want to check... Southern Methodist, Cincinnati, Appalachian State, and possibly Memphis. Okay, cool. All right, well, thanks for that update. Absolutely. All right. Um, all right, so, uh, yeah, tonight, 7.30, Aztecs at UNLV. Um, hey, the w- World Series is going on. I mean, what are, your th- what are your thoughts on that? Well, how about Aztec for life, Steven Strasburg in game two? Oh, he was fantastic. He's been fantastic all October for them. Yeah, good for him. Um, you think he's going to opt out of his deal? I wouldn't of, be shocked, but I also wouldn't be shocked if Washington just resigned him. Yeah, they'd, they'd have to. I mean, although I'd love to make a run at him if he did opt out oh, for the course. Padres, because you know, San Diego State guy played for Tony Gwynn, grew up here, grew up a Padre fan. Do if th- he opts out, I'd love to make a run for him, even if we don't get him. But assuming they don't unload any of the other big contracts, like Will Myers or whatever, do you think the Padres would commit to another thirty million plus a year player? Well, Kevin Ac. Also known as Ron Fowler's mouthpiece, <laughs> right? Did yeah. write an article saying they do expect to get up to a league average payroll. So that would be like another thirty, forty million, right? I think so. Yeah, per year. So who knows? Who knows? Or maybe they sign um, um, uh, Garrett Cole. Maybe wouldn't that be something? I heard he's considering California teams. So yeah, he's an Orange County boy. So. Yeah, he'll probably go to the Angels or Yankees, is my guess, because he's an Orange County boy, but he grew up a Yankees fan because his dad was a Yankees fan. Uh, so I'd be pretty shocked if he's not an Angel or Yankee next year. Right. Well, those two programs will put a lot of money on the table. Absolutely. For him. Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, the World Series. You know, it started off. Heck, the every road team has won so far. Right. Yes, correct. You know, I was thinking it was like the 1991 World Series, the Twins and the Braves. That went seven games. And the home team won all seven. No, no. The opposite. No, because that was when Kirby Puckett hit the walk off in game six. Okay. So the home team won every game. The Twins won the first two in Minneapolis. Braves won the next three in Atlanta. Twins won the last two in Minneapolis. Okay, so I got it backwards. Yeah, the Twins had walk offs in game six and seven Ah. at the old Metrodome. Okay, my bad. Before the roof collapsed. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right, so... You know, has there ever been a series where the visiting team has won every game? No. So we're in '96. The Yankees in Game Six were the only road team, home team to win. Okay, interesting. So, um, you know, it's, I, I'm rooting for the Astros to win. Uh, they play tonight, right? Yes, Game Four tonight. Yeah. So I'm rooting five o'clock on Fox. Okay, so we got five o'clock baseball, seven thirty football. This is going to be good. Um, I'm rooting for the Astros. I want to see the series tie up two two. You know, make it a little more interesting. Well, I'm going for Washington to win the series. Yeah, me too. And if Houston wins tonight, that's going to be tough for 
that's going to be real tough for Washington to win because it would be two out of three with Houston having the home field back. Right. So I'm going for Washington to do that. And I think Washington's going to win tonight. I mean, you got a bullpen game for Houston. They had to manage last night like a game seven. Mm-hmm. And you got Corbin for Washington. So that's a big advantage for Washington, if you ask me. How in the heck does do the Astros not have a number four starter? Is this just the way they configured their playoff roster? Yeah. Okay. So they must have left a starting pitcher they left off. Wade the Wade Miley off. Ah. Okay. So that's why they don't have one. I don't know why they're just not using Wade Miley, but. Yeah. So, I mean, the bullpen game, it seems like something that the Padres do because they don't have enough good starting pitching. But, yeah, who knows? So, interesting. Um, yeah. So, tonight at 5, baseball, football at 7.30 is going to be a good evening. Uh, yeah. I expect Washington to win tonight and go up 3-1, to one, by the way, with Corbin against a bullpen game. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm uh, like I said, I, I, I'm rooting for the uh, the Nationals because they haven't won a World Series in a hundred million years, and then they're the former um, Montreal Expos, mm-hmm. you know, which is great. So, I'm, and they didn't burn Montreal like burn bridges with Montreal on the way out, like the Spanos family did to us when they went up to L.A. Yeah, I mean, they kept trying to work with Montreal; it just became unworkable. Yeah, and then, and then Washington fans don't talk trash to Montreal for losing the team and taunt them for it. Right. <laughs> like L.A. fans do to us. Yeah, what little L.A. fans there are, or at least Charger fans. So, yeah. Um, yeah, something. That's, it's something else. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for the, the Nationals because of the Expos um, and because of the old Washington Senators and all that history. And mm-hmm. I, think, I think it's great. And it's, it's interesting because I – you know, I I love sports, but I also love politics, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, some of the political talking heads that you see on TV, they're talking about the Nationals because it's like their home team, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're excited for it as well. So I, it's just kind of fun to see Washington have a shot, and and then then we'll eventually get down to San Diego, It'll probably be the last remaining city that hasn't had a championship in like forever. Well, Cincinnati hasn't had a championship since 1990. Mm-hmm. And they're never getting a Super Bowl with Mike Brown, I'll tell you that much. Right. Just like Washington's never getting another Super Bowl with Dan Snyder. Right. So let them have this World Series, because they ain't never getting a Super Bowl with Dan Snyder. <laughs> they did get a Stanley Cup last year, though. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. So, um, yeah, so this is a great you – know, we're having all these Santa Anas. It's warm. I mean, there's a, I'm sure people are going to the beach. Um, it's scary with the Santa Anas, but it does make for a pleasant evening when you're outside, right? Yeah. But um, now we've got to be indoors to watch all these great games tonight. Yeah, and it is starting to cool off in the next week. Yeah, good. Big big drop in the high temperatures next week, I believe. All right. So um, what other thoughts? You got anything else in your notes you want to share? Let me take a look here. We've covered just about everything, I think. Yeah, this is great. We covered a lot of stuff. I agree. So, um, you know, as always, David, you're always welcome back here because when we talk sports, I mean, you're my go-to guy. Thanks. And you've got so much to offer. You've got amazing insight, knowledge, statistics, and we kind of break it down. I love that. Um, And like we said, there's going to be other times during well, you know during the remainder of this year we can get together we can talk um around the time of the winter meetings we can talk um you know as we get maybe approaching the nfl playoffs so there's still so much for us to get together and, and discuss uh, before yeah. the end of the year i mean i know you're not a big nfl guy anymore but i'm sure we'll have you know former san diego chargers that we like oh yeah aztecs that are gonna be in the nfl i mean rashad penny's seattle seahawks are five and two. Oh, right on yeah is, is he is he having a good year 
Uh, he's kind of been slowed down by a hamstring injury, and last week, well, he was healthy last week, but the game plan kind of just prevented him from getting in because the Seahawks had to pass in the fourth quarter to try and come back against Baltimore, which they were unsuccessful at. But that's your new adopted NFL team, right? Correct. Okay. So I've, I've reverted back to my childhood teams, the, the 49ers and the Raiders, and the Niners are having a great season. Yeah, and they're the only true Bay Area team anymore because, you know, the Raiders are defecting to Vegas next year. Right. Yeah, so man, it's just so much movement and so many things going on. So, yeah, like I'll, I'll follow it peripherally. I think, was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago, the Niners played the Rams in L.A.? Mm-hmm. And so I was following that. And, and even in that game, the, the Niner fans just invaded the L.A. Coliseum. They did. Yeah. So love seeing that. Niners have a hell of a defensive line, too. Yeah, they do. Um, Joey Bosa's little brother, D. Ford, DeForest <laughs> Buckner, Solomon Thomas. Wow. And then Garofalo is back. Yeah. yeah I mean, he, it's not really him. It's more so much their running game and their defense. But, yeah, he's back. And he's a he's a good quarterback, isn't yeah. he? He's a little overrated, but he can get the job done. Right on. So, yeah, maybe I need to start following the Niners a little more closely. Um, they got a chance at a Super Bowl this year, I'll tell you that. When you got a D-line that good, really, anything can happen, yeah. Oh, their defensive good. line's unreal. Right on. And that's how you win and lose games in the trenches. Something that Dean Spanos' team will thankfully never learn. And how are the Raiders doing this year? They are 3-3. Three and three. So kind of middle of the pack right now. Yeah, they have a chance at the 6th seed in the AFC, especially if they win at Houston tomorrow, which I don't see as very likely. But they got an outside shot at the 6th seed in the AFC. Is Derek Carr doing all right? Yeah, he's doing all right. Is he uh, living up to the value of his contract? No, never will. <laughs> Yeah, he got a lot of money. He got over a hundred million bucks, didn't he? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that was something. If not close to it. Okay. Well, good. Well, David, thanks again for coming and, and joining us. And you know, it's right absolutely now. it's Saturday morning, right? Well, maybe about noon, about right now. So I'll try to get this posted before the uh, World Series starts, and certainly before the Aztec game. All right, great. And we'll get it up there, and we could share it with um, all the people that enjoy this podcast and enjoy the work that you do on social media. All right. And uh, thanks again, Dave. Yeah, no problem. If you want me back on soon, tell AJ Preller to make a move, and I'll come on and talk about that move. <laughs> right on. We'll do that. All we'll, right. All right. See ya. See ya.